0: If you have your Bibles, go ahead and turn with me. We're going to be in 1 John again. Um, if you think about it, <clears throat> over the next couple days, be praying for the uh, Haiti Missions uh, team. They are, they'll be coming back, I believe, on Tuesday, uh, of which Pastor Scott is um, with that team. So, hi, I'm here again. Um, we're in 1 John uh kind of picking up not exactly where we left off last week, but I want to I want to stay in first John. And so um just to, to kind of give you some some background real quick. Um John, known as the beloved uh apostle, um, not because he was special, but because he understood his favor, um, which we all have. And he wrote this letter because uh, <coughs> there were some people, different areas that were starting to rise up and do false teachings about who Jesus was. Now, uh, that might be that they believe that Jesus was a ghost, a spirit, and he didn't actually have a physical body. It might be that he was just a human and a, a good teacher, uh, but nothing else. And so John essentially wrote this letter to say, hey, I've been with the guy, I've touched him, I've smelled him, I've been with him, I've seen miracles, I've, I've experienced Jesus as fully God and fully man, and I am a testament or a testimony of uh, his divinity and his humanity. And so he's encouraging the church, the believers, the, the readers of this letter at this time, um, to, hey, don't, don't lose your faith in this. Like, Jesus is real and he's done something. His sacrifice was important. All right, is that good? Okay, so let's jump in. First John chapter four. I wanna talk about a gift that we have been given because of what Jesus did. Um, and, and we get to participate in this. This is, this is fun. In first John chapter four, it says, beloved, do not believe every spirit, But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. Now, this isn't just a a caution to John's original readers. Uh, It's true that there were people that were going out and there were false prophets that were raising up false teachings about who Jesus was in this time period. Um, But there's a transcendent truth that's applicable to us today that I want to talk about And it means more than just look out for televangelists trying to take your money. Okay? It's more than that. Okay? Um, Look out. It's it's not just be on the lookout for false prophets that are um, discounting Jesus, which that is the case today. That is happening as well. Um, But we've been actually invited to test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Now, I want to unpack that this morning. Before we go there, let's all, uh, like if we're going to run a race, we're going to all start at the same starting line. And so um, hang with me for a second, but I want to get us all at the same starting point. Okay? Is that good? All right. So 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, you don't have to turn there, but if you're taking notes, write it down. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. That passage teaches us that we are a trinity within ourselves. Okay, watch. It says, uh, "It says, may God completely sanctify your body, your soul, and your spirit. Okay, so within you and within me, we are all a trinity. We have a body, duh, right? That one's easy. Like, take a second and look around. There's lots of bodies around here. We are flesh. We have a soul, which our soul is like, The place of our mind, not like our brain, because that's in there, that's the flesh part, but our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's what our soul is. Think about your soul um, like your uh, creative God DNA. Um, Each one of us has a fingerprint that's different. Each one of us, um, our soul is unique to you. It's what makes you, you, you. When I was in elementary school, they would talk about how we're all little snowflakes, right? We're all different little snowflakes and we all look different and, and it's wonderful and, and all those kind of things. But that's, that's a reality is that we are all different, not just physically, but our soul is different. We all have creative, quirky, weird, awesome things that make you, you and me, me. We might call it weird. I call it wonderfully creative. Scripture says each one of us is a craftsmanship we are fearfully and wonderfully made. So the things that make you quirky and strange and weird in your soul, it's a beautiful creation from the Lord, okay? Now, you also have a spirit. And uh, from ancient context in the Old Testament and the New Testament as well, um, the concept of a spirit is, it basically means breath, like wind, that's what. It, it, uh, let me get. Let's put it this way: your spirit is like your your intuition, your conscience, or your the thing that like your influence. It's your influencer. Okay, get that in in your in your brain for a minute. Your your influencer. Um, so uh, the way that this makes sense in my brain, and hopefully this will connect with you, is think about um, a boat, and a boat you've got. The boat, a sailboat, right? You've got the boat, and then that's your body, that's your your flesh. It's in the water, like we're not, we're in the water. This is the world. We're here, here we are, and and that's we're the boat. And then you have a sail. The sail is your soul, and then you have the wind that propels. And what happens is the spirit or the influencer is what catches the your sail your soul catches the wind and then it propels you to action okay so the influence of uh, of the spirit is what creates our thought patterns our will our emotions all of those kind of things um okay Are, are we all good so far Good. Excellent. Um, so um, we're Trinity, right? And, uh, and, and in, in the Genesis account, when you go back to Genesis chapter three and you, you look at the fall where Adam and Eve messed everything up for all of us. Thanks, guys. Good job. Um, uh, in, the, in the story, what happens is when Adam and Eve sinned, their spirit died. Their spirit not not like died immediately, but their spirit was bound for death, just like our, our flesh and our soul is until we meet Jesus. And so what happened is their spirit, which was in complete community with God, all of a sudden, boom, gets bent away from God. Their influencer, okay? So now their spirit is not only capable of influencing sin, but it is capable of being influenced by sin. Right? If you have kids, you don't have to teach them to to hit or to steal or to, to be mean, right? They just are. They're little savages, right? I've got kids myself, it's okay. Kids in the room, you're little savages, it's all right. You'll grow up one day. I'm just kidding. So, our, our spirit gets turned away from God. Okay. And, and so, um, uh, now we, we are born with that natural tendency. We all have inherent sin in our life. It says in Genesis chapter five that, uh, Adam and Eve had other sons and other daughters in their image and in their likeness. So now we're created in that image. We have an inherent sin nature, right? Um, so, uh, now, in John chapter 4, where Jesus is talking to the woman at the well in Samaria, um, he says to her that God is spirit, and we will all worship God in spirit and in truth. So understand this, God is a spiritual being, okay? So, so what God chose to do is when our spirit, our influence, got turned away from him, what God chose to do, like Adam talked about this morning, is bring Jesus to restore us in the spirit. So um, you you see passages like in Galatians 2.20, when it says we've died with Christ Right, We no longer live, but Christ lives in us. And you see like in John chapter three, where John, uh, Jesus is having a discussion with Nicodemus and he says, you must be born again, right? When you receive Jesus, when you were born again, um, in Galatians 2.20, like when it says that you died with Christ, when, the moment that you accepted Jesus, your flesh didn't fall over dead, did it? No, like we're still here, right? You didn't die like physically flesh die. No, you're still here. And so um, what happened is when you were born again, you traded out your old dead spirit, which died in Christ, nailed to the tree, which was the sin part. And then you received a new spirit. So you have a new influencer in you. If you're a follower of Jesus this morning, that is in community with God. It's in right standing with God because Jesus, the anointed one covers that. He covers us. So when God looks at us, he sees us as, as in com- complete communion with him. He sees us as perfect because Jesus was perfect, right? Are we tracking so far? Excellent. Okay, so now um, we have that new spirit. Our soul and our body is still unrenewed, okay? But it is capable of being renewed. It's capable of experiencing renewing this side of eternity, Um, the reason why I know that is because first of all, the reason why I know that our body is unrenewed is because there's still death. There's still sickness. My family has been fighting a cold for days now, right? Um, there's, uh, cancer, there's pain, you know, all those kind of things. So my flesh is unrenewed. The reason why I know that my soul is unrenewed is because sometimes I have anxiety, Sometimes I experience um, depressive moments. Sometimes I flip my lid on people, right? I, I partner with, with anger and, and all these other things. Like I, the, the, my will and my emotions are sometimes out of sync. Now my spirit is in community with the Lord. I'm assured of my salvation. That's what happens when when you, you receive a new spirit and then God puts his Holy Spirit in you. It assures you of your salvation, but sometimes your soul gets out of whack. So that's the reason why you have verses, for instance, like in Hebrews 12, when it says, don't be conformed to the world anymore, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? That means that consistently and constantly your mind, your will, your emotions have to be put in check. They have to be renewed. They have to be reminded that your spirit is, your spirit man is now walking with God because we're prone to an old operating system. Is that, are we tracking so far? Excellent. Okay. So, um, so, uh, like, like um, when, it, when it says that we, we have to have our, our mind renewed, our spirit renewed, um, not our spirit, that's in communion with God. Uh, you also see like verses where Jesus said, for instance, uh, if anyone must come after me, he must die to himself daily, right? Take up his cross and follow me. That's a constant thing. It's a journey. That's why we're still here, right? We're experiencing um, certain things in the flesh and in our soul that are not from the Lord. And so that's why this verse is important because it says that we need to test the spirit, test the spirits. Now, let me paint a a scenario for you, a picture. Tell me if this resonates with you. Okay, so you're getting ready, uh, or you wake up in the morning. (coughs) And you realize that your alarm is going off, but it's going off 20 minutes too late. And so you fly out of bed. And you stumble around trying to get your clothes on and throw a brush on your teeth and, and like you're, you're jumping around trying to get all your stuff together because you realize that you're late for work. Your kids are like dragging themselves out of bed because they were so tired and you're like trying to throw clothes on them and hoping that they get out the door with like two pairs of shoes on and or two shoes and like clothes and all the right stuff, right? And you're, you're shoving Pop Tarts in their mouth because you're trying to get them out the door and you're trying to get your keys and all your stuff together and their schoolwork and their dog ate their homework and like all those kind of things, right? And you run out the door. Hopefully all of your kids are there. You drop your keys on the floor, on the ground and you flip your lid, right? You lose it. You start, uh, you start um, cursing yourself. How, how dumb am I? How st- what in the world is going on? And then you start yelling at your kids. What are you guys doing? Get your tail in the car, right? Let's go. We've got to Go. And so they all get in the car, you jump in, punch it, and you're flying trying to get to school and all that kind of stuff. You pull in the school line and you don't even stop. You just open the door and kick them out, right? Duck and roll, kids, just get out of the car, right? You don't say a word the whole way there because you're so ticked off and you're so upset and you kick them out the car and then you speed off trying to go uh, to work and on the way there, a cop pulls you over, right? Right? You get pulled over by a cop, sure enough. Don't have your seatbelt on, you're speeding. uh, Then you get to work. And you sit down in your office. And all of a sudden, you show back up again. Have you ever had this happen? Like in the quiet, you're sitting there and you go, wait a minute, who was that guy that just cussed out his kids and like beat himself up and lost his ever-loving mind. Did I literally just push my kids out of the car? Did I watch them roll into the school? Like, did that action? who was that, right? Have you ever had that happen? Where all of a sudden you show back up again and you go, hey me, I don't know how where I went, but I was gone for a little while and now I'm back. I went away and here I am again. What is wrong with me? you miss the mark, and then you begin to feel shameful for it, right? What kind of dad am I that I yell at my kids, that I lose it on them, that I shove pop tarts in their mouth, like all these things, you start replaying all these events, and all of a sudden you just start feeling so shameful, actually cussed at the cop. You know what I'm saying? Like, like all these kind of things like start coming up in your mind and you start feeling so shameful. Man, I'm a terrible Christian. I'm a terrible dad. I'm a terrible husband. Man, why do I even have this job? Why do I even like, there's no way that God is happy with me right now. He can't be pleased. So you miss the mark and then you start feeling shameful for what you've done. Does that resonate? So here's my question. Where does that come from? Where does it come from? Um, let me just invite you back to this passage for a minute, friends. Could it be that when it says that we are invited To not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see that they are from God. Could it be, friends, that some of the influences that motivate our will and our mind and our emotion, and then the secondary domino effect is it motivates our hands and our feet to do and say things? Could it be that if our spirit is made new in Christ... So the influence of our spirit is new in Christ and wanting to commune with the Father. Could it be that we're actually being influenced by something else that's not us? Here's a a quick Christianity test. You ever wondered if you're saved or not? Um, How many of you, if you had an easy button right now that said, I will never sin again, How many of you, show of hands, would push the button? There's less than I thought, to be honest with you. Dude, I'm hitting the button all day long. That is the assurance. That's part of my assurance that I know, like, my spirit wants to commune with God. I want to be with him. I want to walk with him. I I would love to hit the no sin button. So my spirit is Walking in community with God, you see, put the the, the um, scripture back up uh, first John 4 1. Um, l- watch this just a second. It says, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, don't believe. In other words, the word believe basically means to entrust yourself, do not entrust your identity, don't entrust who you are and who, uh, what people say you are, or what things say you are. Do not tr- don't entrust yourself to every spirit. Don't entrust your identity to every influence. But test the spirits to see whether they're from God. You see, what we get invited to, friends, the word test means to be discerning. It means to, to, uh, to examine, watch this, with the intent of finding approval. Not the intent of finding the negative. Um, There's a demon around every corner if you want it to be. Okay? There's a negative thing around every corner. There's always, listen, if you want to uh, test this as proof positive, go pull up your, your news feed and just read the first five stories. There's always negativity, brokenness, the world is going to hell in a handbasket, all those kind of things, okay? So when it says test the spirits, what we're not talking about is we're not going on witch hunts looking for all the demons lurking around the corner. What we are doing is we are examining something with the intent to find God. When it says test the spirits to see whether they're from God, It means examine an influence that is influencing your soul into a will or emotion or feeling which makes you do something and you're supposed to examine that and say, is that from God? Wait a minute. I'm feeling anger right now. Is that from you, God? Wait a minute. I'm feeling like depressed right now. God, is that from you? I'm feeling anxious right now, God. Is that from you? I want to hit my kid in the face. <laughs> is that from you, God? The answer's no. So how, how do we, how do we, yes, I affirm whatever was just said. Um, so watch this, okay? That, this is, this is so integrally important, the way that we go about this, our first and foremost is where it says, the first word is his beloved. Friends, if, if we don't embrace the fact that you, like when John wrote this, he was writing to the, the, the people to remind them that they were beloved by God. The word beloved means that you are God's, um, the chosen object of God's affection, You are the the object of God's choosing love. It means that God willingly chooses you. He willingly chooses me and you know it and you understand it. When, for instance, um, when uh, when I began to uh, hunt my wife down before we got married, like for real, like I hunted her down like a sniper and she could not get away from being the beloved. She knew it. Whether she wanted it or not. It took about a year, and then she thought saw things my way. And then I can't keep her hands off of me since. Amen. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Listen, friends, it's time for us to walk into the identity of the beloved. You have to know that you're the apple of God's eye. If you want to be to be able to begin to discern what's from God and what's from not, or not from him, you have to start with understanding how much he loves you, not how much you love him. I think so many times we spend our lives spinning our wheels just trying to say, God, I love you, I love you, God. Look at all this stuff I'm doing, God, I love you so much. What if you just stopped and said, God, I know you love me. Wow, can I just soak that in for a minute? I am loved by the creator if we would just stop for a minute and just embrace that beloved nature, all of a sudden you begin to see more of his presence. If a um, if a dozen roses showed up to my doorstep with no card on it, my wife is not going to go, hmm, I wonder who these are from. No. She's going to know that I sent them because... She is the object of my affection. Friends, when God sends you something, when he speaks to you, it's not hard if you believe that you're the beloved. It gets sketchy when you think that God may or may not be out to get you, that sometimes he's ticked off at you and sometimes he's okay with who you are. We have to start with that beloved nature. We've got to start there. And when we do that, When we step into our beloved nature, then we begin looking for God's presence. That's what it's, when it says test the spirits, literally what we're doing is we're examining all of the influences of our lives. And we go, hey, where's God in this? Friends, this is, we've overcomplicated this. One of the enemy's tactics is that he wants you to own something that you are not responsible for. Something that you shouldn't have owned in the first place. Could it be, could it be, friends, that what happens when we encounter um, anger, anxiety, depression, addictions, fill in the blank, all those things, if you're a Christian in the room, could it be that your new spirit has been sidestepped by an unholy spirit and your soul encounters anger? Hatred, anxiety, depression, addictions, whatever. And, and I think about it like this. Your soul is always wanting to come into agreement with something. Think about it like a, sh- a handshake. As soon as if someone's up here and I shake their hand, I come into agreement with them. And then the moment that I let go, I'm out of agreement. So what happens is your soul begins looking around for an agreement. And if you if your soul does not agree with your spirit, that you are the chosen one of God, that you are beloved by him, that you are a son and a daughter of a king that has an inheritance, that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, that you are perfect in God's sight and that you are empowered by Holy Spirit to not sin. If you would receive that agreement with your spirit, the game would change dramatically in our lives. But what I think happens is is we stick our hand out and anger sticks his hand out, a spirit of anger. Listen, you can't be demon possessed if you're a follower of Jesus, but you can be influenced by a spiritual world that exists that we can't see with our natural eye. And so what happens is we agree with a spirit of anger and all of a sudden we're flipping out on our kids and we don't even know why we're doing it. We see it in the natural, and so we look at it in the natural sense with our natural eye, and I go, man, I'm such an angry person. I need to get a, I need to get a program together. I need to read the Bible four times a day, and I need to pray 10 times, and I need to do this, and, I, and if I do these things, if I do these steps, then all of a sudden I won't be angry anymore, but you still find yourself getting angry. Maybe your starting place is wrong. Maybe it begins by receiving the beloved's in fight to know beyond a shadow of doubt that your new spirit your little s spirit is brand new and alive and in community with God and when your soul says I'm feeling angry right now you immediately drop agreement with whatever that unholy thing is and you just shake hands with your spirit and then that spirit shakes hands with Holy Spirit and then it goes nuts Um this is how I'm gonna end. I just I wanna I just wanna jump to this last verse. Put verse 4 up there on the screen, and I want to tell you about a dream I had. It says, Little children, you're from God and you've overcome them. For he who's in you is greater than he who's in the world. Know beyond a shadow of a doubt that even though that there is a spiritual struggle that is going on in this world, and the enemy wants you to think that it's good versus evil, and that evil and good are equal, it's not. Good wins. I don't know if you've read the end of Revelation, but good wins. Like, it's done. It's already done. We're already in victory. And so whether you're feeling the effects of losing a battle or not, the victory is already yours. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. You have overcome the world step into that identity start from that place of victory don't ask for it stand from it so um, i had this dream a while back it's very interesting that we uh shared this illustration but i had i had this dream a few weeks back and um in it the it was the story of the prodigal son and the uh in that story you know the part where the prodigal um, goes to the... he's work, He works on the pig farm, which is very interesting because he was a Jew and he's working on a pig farm, which is Jews didn't know any pork. But um, uh, that was like an unholy thing, very unholy. So uh, the prodigal is is working on a pig farm. He squandered his all of his inheritance from his father. He's working on the pig farm and he's longing to eat the food that the, that the pigs are eating, which is basically scraps and trash and junk. And in this dream, I was the prodigal working on the pig farm. And it was as vivid, like, you know how you have those dreams that you wake up from and you're like, was that real? Like, you're. <gasps> Oh my goodness like it was it was that vivid like I could literally see myself like I was in the dream like working on the farm and 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 wanting to eat what the pigs were eating it was just this crazy weird dream but at the same time I was not only the prodigal in the story but I was like above the story watching the story take place and, and as I'm watching above the story, so I'm above it. I'm not the narrator, but I'm above it. And then I'm in it and I'm watching myself interact and like work and want this food. I turn and I don't see, I didn't see God, but I know that I was talking to him. And I said, why am I in this story? Why am I the prodigal? Like, you mean that I want to eat the pig food? Like, I want to, I want to, be working on this farm, like this is me in the story. Why am I this? And once I started asking God questions, I woke up, and so I marinated on that passage, and I marinated on that experience for for days. And I said, Hey God, I, I'm just putting this in your hands, and if you'll just teach me, I'd like to learn. And um, because in like for instance, in First John chapter two, it says that the anointing will teach you, like you you can be taught by the Lord. It's an amazing thing. You should try it sometime. Um, But uh, anyway, so I just asked the Lord just to help me like unpack that. And one day I realized um, God said that that was what Jesus did. So catch this, Jesus was in the flesh, in the story. He was living out this perfect sinless life in the flesh, in the story. And yet, he's above it, watching what's going on, having a conversation with God about what's going on in the story. Friends, this is about being present with God. The offering that God is giving us as beloved. Is to not just get yourself so inundated by this flesh thing that's going on, to get offended by people, to partner with um, depression and anxiety and like habits and addictions and all those kind of things. Like not to get to get looking at that, staring in the face. But the 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 offering is to go above that and to talk to the Father. You are invited to the table to have a divine conversation with God about you about what's going on in your situation. And when you look at it from that perspective, it's much more easy to go, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I see this in a whole different light now. I don't have to be offended by that. I don't have to partner with anger right there. I don't, I don't have to give in to this addiction. I'm, a, I'm above that, I'm, I'm over that, I'm victorious. Because you're invited to the conversation with the Father test the spirits, look for the presence of God. You get invited to the table to know that you're an overcomer. You know, when Jesus said, I do what the Father does and I say what the Father says in the Gospels, before you get to that part, you have to first recognize that you're in conversation. If someone were to come up here and I were standing talking to Bob, And Bob asked me to go get him a drink of water. In order for me to be obedient to that request, I have to first acknowledge that we're in a conversation. I have to acknowledge his presence. And so if you want to do what the father does and say what the father says, I think it first starts with us acknowledging his presence. That he's here. He's in you and he's in me. We are invited to a divine conversation to overcome to disagree, to walk out of agreement with struggles, sins, habits, hangups—we've been given that empowering. So, what I want to do this morning is um, just kind of as a as a statement. Um, I, I just I, I feel like that there are just some people in here that, like, maybe maybe first and foremost, you need to recognize that those influences are not you. They're not you. If you're a follower of Jesus in the room, they're not you. And so second of all, I think it might be time for some people in this room to just walk out of agreement with whatever that is. Maybe maybe it is like an unholy anger. Maybe it's anxiety depression some sort of addiction or habit or thing maybe it's just unbelief like maybe your your faith is just super weak and you just you're just getting tossed about by your finances and your job and your you know whatever and 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 maybe it's just time to recognize that those things are just influences and you don't have to be obedient to that anymore